is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So much to talk about tonight. Uh, Do we go to the smoking ban, the pornography ban? I mean, what kind of police state... uh, uh, dis- uh, terror- terrorism should we be discussing here? Obama's gonna change it. Well, now, to be fair, the mm-hmm. pornography ban, let's start there. To be fair, this one's coming from the UK. Uh, though, who knows? What what will Obama do about the porn prosecutions that have been going on under the Bush administration? Will he put a stop to them, or will they continue on? Because I know some people like to think to themselves that the Democrats are a little more open to sexuality and things like that, but at the same time, you've also got crusaders like Hillary Clinton, who are trying to essentially trying to one-up the Republicans to show how family-friendly they are by banning things like violent video games. So where will all of this go? I don't know. But if we look to the U.K., it doesn't look good. The story's from The Telegraph, where they're protesting against two pieces of legislation uh, campaigners are, and the first of them is the Criminal Justice and Immigration Act, which comes into force later this month. It will make possessing... And later this month, I guess that's within the next two days, it'll make possessing extreme pornography defined as any extreme image produced solely or principally for the purpose of sexual arousal illegal. But it has to be extreme. An extreme image is defined as grossly offensive, disgusting, or otherwise obscene. Oh, good. Something subjective. Mm, of I course. Love subjective laws that, you know, don't, that have to be defined by the individual. But, oh, by the judge, you mean. Yeah, the individual yeah. judge. Uh, moving or dis- or still depictions of someone any reasonable person would think real being sexually injured or engaging in sexual activity with an animal or corpse. Films given an official classification are exempt from the new law, meaning portrayals of such extreme activity by actors will be allowed on screen. However, limitations by characters on paper will not jo- enjoy such an exemption. The second is the Coroner's and Justice Bill, which is currently passing through Parliament. It will introduce a similar law banning the possession of any image involving sexual activity and children. For the purpose of the law, an image is sent to contain a child if the impression conveyed is that the person shown is a child. Now, the here, impression conveyed. So if you talk about the, uh, teen porn, which you know can be is, is on the Internet, is mostly defined as like 18 and 19-year-old girls. Yeah, they're then, legal. Uh, but if, they, if they're wearing pigtails and a little uh, Catholic schoolgirl uh, skirt? Intended to be a child, therefore illegal under this new piece of legislation in the U.K., which is where we saw things going anyway, and now they're just making it official. I mean, we've seen prosecutions happening already uh, for people over having essentially drawings. Not, not even, remember, Mark, we're not even just talking about uh, human sexuality or nude human beings. We're talking about any image, any image that contains a, uh, a child if the uh, person shown is a child. So that could be, uh, considering how the federal government has defined person, it could very well include the Simpsons porn that we talked about a few weeks ago where somebody had a picture of Bart and Lisa fooling around or something like that. That was found to be uh, in violation, and it could include all kinds of different things. The hentai that we were talking about uh, earlier this week. What about the photographers who do the uh, preteen uh, glamour shots for pageants and so forth? Are they out of business now? You know what? That's a it's a good question. I mean, I guess the law has to do with sexual arousal. So if the judge believes They're that in those a bathing suit right, if the judge believes that those pictures were taken for sexual arousal purposes, then they could be illegal. Hmm. 
So this is a pretty big, uh, broad brush that they're painting with here. They do like big, broad brushes. Comic book campaigners are claiming that if the new rules are interpreted harshly, their hobby could be criminalized. In a statement at their website, the, they said the rules outlawing sexual violence, they said, isn't that how Batman, Punisher, and Judge Dredd get anything done? A kick in the balls or somewhere else would constitute this. And they would say that's a well-trodden part of humor. It added that the new law on images of children would make owning some comic books, particularly some forms of manga, the Japanese form often featuring young-looking cartoon characters, illegal. The statement added that because this is a minefield for the law, it then falls on the police to enforce it, and it is their judgment that could lead to a prosecution. And we've seen that the police are more than happy uh, to very liberally interpret these laws. And because it does yeah. not ben- it does not hurt them rather to liberally interpret them and to arrest as many people as possible right, because, because you know there are no consequences the, they use the the analogy of minefield it's not a minefield for the police it's not a minefield for the government it's not a minefield for the prosecutors it's only a minefield for the average citizen who will have to p- face criminal charges from these these people who who have no um you know there, there's no there, there's nothing that can bad happen to them by interpreting this from an uh, you know a strict standpoint. The comic book fans say we could get to a point where the police could legitimately visit your home or workplace and sanctioned by an unelected magistrate or judge go through your collection and if they find any comic book they feel will cause sexual arousal or displays extreme violence, they could arrest you. So that's what they're looking at in the UK. They'll only do that to people that they want to get for something. To some go after, yeah. sure, sure. Or, or you know, somebody reports... Uh, an ex-husband or something like that. Uh, it, maybe it's not necessarily the state that wants to go after the person, but if they're uh, if they're put on the scent of a potential victim, they may go after you. So, just figured uh, I'd bring you that information. Yeah, I was uh, watching. I was reading the Captain America comic book this uh, last week, and you know he's punching bad guys in the face. Violence. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Of course, how do you trust the police to do the right thing when it's frequently the police? That are doing the wrong thing. A story from, this is timedispatch.com, where suspended Virginia Commonwealth University Police Chief Willie Fuller appeared briefly in a county court this afternoon for arraignment on charges of soliciting sex with a minor in an online sting operation. Fuller, who appeared by video teleconference from jail, didn't have an attorney after the hearing. uh, Apparently, according to the attorney or one of the attorneys, they said that he thought, Fuller thought he was talking to a 14-year-old girl, not a detective, when the alleged offenses occurred on January 10th. Oops. Said there was one day of chatting. Everything he was charged with happened on that one day. Charged with two counts of using a computer to solicit sex from a minor and two accounts of attempted indecent liberties with a minor. Don't you, to solicit sex, don't you have to buy it? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Apparently, that's not important here. As I guess as long as you're talking about sex with a, uh, with a teenage person, you could possibly be guilty of these charges. Now, I think that teenagers should be able to talk about sex if they want to. I don't think that this should necessarily uh, be a crime. But on the other hand, I think that if the police are going to pretend Mr. as though... Mr. Fuller our, would darn sure arrest you for it. Yes. If Put you po- in the pokey forever and ever. Right. If the police are going to pretend as though they are better than everybody else, then they should live up to the image that they would like us to live up to. And there's just proof after evidence after evidence that these people are just as fallible as anybody else. So why is it that anybody trusts them above anyone else? They're just men and women in uniforms. They are not above you, although they would like you to believe that. That's the attitude that they have. It's the demeanor that they have. 
Some of them do. Some of them, that's true. Some of them do. But, you know, some, even some of the guys that are a little better, a little uh, nicer, they still have that tough guy image, right? They still they have to look the cop part. And so they, uh, catching them in a smile is sometimes a rare occasion. Well, I, don't mind, uh, I don't mind my cops being tough. I just want them to be fair. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. I don't see any reason to really get into the details of the case. It just it speaks for itself that these are the same men and women that will be enforcing these laws against drawn pornography or uh, teen porn or extreme porn or whatever it is that, that comes next. These people, they're not better than you. And we'd love your thoughts at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Another law they might be enforcing soon is uh, out in Belmont, California, where apparently smoking is now, uh, the smoking ban has now extended to apartments and condominiums. Oh, good. You knew it was coming. Right. Now, how many police have you ever known that smoked cigarettes? Many. Yeah. Plenty of them do. Of course, uh, are they going to smoke in their apartments? Because plenty of cops live in apartments and and condos. Do you think that we'll now have police surreptitiously smoking in their own apartments, trying to cover up their own illicit activities? Uh, Why would they bother covering up? You think they'll just be able to get away with it? Well, most cops that live in apartments, uh, a lot of them live there for free, and they, if they agree to walk the property on occasion for security. It happens. Or they get a discount. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. More on the smoking ban. Your calls as well. Plus, uh, speaking of registrations and bans and controls, Mark, you've got a story about guns. Uh, apparently, there's something being proposed in Washington. We'll get to that. Your calls are the preference, however. This is what your show, uh, this show is about. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well, all available free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And adameve.com has a special offer for you. Go to Adam eve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with the offer code FTL at adameve.com. That's adameve.com. We started the show out uh, talking about some new laws that will be affecting the world of pornography in the UK. We also know that the existing laws here in the United States are resulting in more more and more liberal interpretations of uh, what obscenity is and resulting in more people being thrown in prison cells here. So we're expecting that trend to continue. Uh, and in the, the realm of controlling people, the smoking bans continue to spread as well. So talking the theme here so far is all of the things that they say you can't do and that you're not free to engage in in this so-called free country. We'd love your thoughts, especially if you support smoking bans at 800-259-9231 or a porn ban or whatever. Whatever you want to ban. What do you want to ban? Call in tonight and tell us about it. Uh, Because out in Belmont, now the smoking ban has expanded to apartment buildings and condos. According to UPI, public health advocates are watching closely the developments in Belmont, California, where the city council has banned smoking in private apartments. 
The city in uh, the city in California's Silicon Valley has the nation's strictest secondhand smoke law, in which smoking is banned in apartments or condos that share a common floor or a wall with another unit. So duplexes would also qualify in this particular case. Uh, the New York Times reported that on Tuesday. They said the law took effect on January 9th after a 14-month grace period, giving apartment building owners time to comply with the new rules, such as rewriting lease agreements to ban smoking and giving tenants who objected to the changes Time to move yeah. out of Belmont. There's also also the option of kissing their butts, right? Kissing whose butt? No, the, the bureaucrats. What do you mean by that? You don't like it. You can move or you can kiss kiss our butts. Well, I don't think they're going to grant you an exception if that's No, they're mean. not. So what good would butt kissing do in that case? I, <laughs> just saying that if you don't like it, stick it. Under the measure, $100 fines can be levied, though Belmont officials say no penalties have yet been imposed. I think Belmont broke through this invisible barrier in the sense that it's addressed mm. drifting smoke in housing as a public health issue, said the regional director of policy and tobacco programs for the American Lung Association of California. Won't be giving them any money. They broke through an invisible barrier in her mind. So this is a big day for the people at the American Lung Association. It's a, it's a big first step into the realm of your house. As far as these smoking bans are concerned, and the American Lung Association is ecstatic about it. She continued saying, continued to gush, saying, they simply said that secondhand smoke is no less dangerous when it's in your bedroom than in your workplace. So, this is what it's coming to. And you have to ask yourself, what's next? They've banned it from parks. There's places in California where it's now banned in parks. In some places, it's banned from public places, both indoor and outdoor. Obviously, it's been banned in businesses for a long time in a lot of places. So now we're seeing them encroach upon your own property. The condo is yours if you own a condo. Not to mention that if you own a uh, an apartment complex and you live in it, you know to you know kind of make your way in this world, sure, pay, pay off, uh, you know, make make a living and pay off some of the property taxes. Hmm. Now you can't smoke in your house. In your own and, building. You know, oh. it doesn't really matter to me if you can't smoke in, uh, like, no. I, I, it doesn't matter to me if you're renting or not. The fact is renters should be able to smoke in the place that they rent, uh, you know, if they can if work it's that agreed out to. with the landlord. Sure. Come on, guys. Uh, smoking is bad for you. This is okay. <laughs> if, it, if it was good for you, then it, it, we'd be talking about something different. But well, this government is bad. is bad for you, and I would like to ban it. <laughs> While Good luck we're at with it. that. Yeah. Uh, it, well, yeah, smoking probably isn't that great for your health. I mean, I think that's pretty well acknowledged. However, uh, and I was looking at a more detailed version of this story. It wasn't worth really reading on air because it was actually about kind of the drama that, that created this ban. Uh, to summarize it for you, it was... Some nosy a, person? Well, it was actually a government-subsidized apartment complex that there was, I guess, a group of goody-goodies that didn't like the fact that some of the some of the apartment owners were, or the apartment renters were, engaging in smoking cigarettes and claiming that it was causing them health problems and, and that sort of thing. And I just, I thought to myself, well, you know, if you didn't want to smell a hint of smoke, maybe you should have moved into a non-smoking apartment building. Surely they exist. Or a house. Or, yeah, or but a small we've, But we've bungalow. seen issues where um, people, <laughs> you can't smoke, um, they, they've been trying, to, they've tried to pass laws where you can't smoke in your own house because it could waft over to your neighbor's house. We've, that, they did try that somewhere, I forget where it was, but it did get, I think, re- finally overturned after it was it was Something like that, I can't really remember it, but it's it's nuts. I mean, and, and you know, if at first they come for the apartment dwellers, mm-hmm. well, I'm not an apartment dweller, so I did nothing. If you're that person, 
Fine. Screw you when they come after you and your house. Don't call me. I'm trying to think, where would they go after this? I oh, mean, I think it's easy. Uh, Mark, you had a story tonight about how one state, I think it's Michigan, is looking at banning smoking in cars with Minnesota, children. I think. So that's the next step, right, step but, Sam. Children in homes, you're not allowed to smoke in the home with a child, I got, some, which is, of course, someone under 18. I get that, but once once the smoking issue is completely sealed off and they've made it illegal pretty much to smoke anywhere... What's next? Oh, I mean, they're what's not after stop. smoking? Yeah, what is the next issue that will let hmm. them encroach further into people's homes? And what is it going to take for people to see this for what it is? Th- two excellent questions. If you've got answers, 800-259-9231. I don't, I don't have any answer. I, I can't really speculate as to what their next target would be. I mean, it'd be easy to say drinking, but maybe that would be the issue that would make people upset enough to... Do something. Drink, drinking with children. Well, they're already in the house. going after food. I, I say um, fats, trans fats, fats, trans fats. Uh, you know, fatty foods. By the time we're done with smoking, you can believe that we'll have socialized medicine all the way, single payer or whatever. And at that point, everyone's health is everyone else's concern because you're paying for this single payer system. So they were just talking uh, the other night. We had a caller saying that they're looking at passing in this new stimulus package a mandate that there's a centralized database of all your health information that every health care provider will have access to. So what a great way to find out if somebody is a smoker and therefore go after them for smoking in their home with their children around or whatever. So this having more of this information in the hands of the government will just result in more people's lives being destroyed and disrupted. Uh, I want to go to your phone calls here. Let's talk to Jared in Arizona. Jared, you are on Free Talk Live. Jared, go right. Hey, you're yeah. on the air. So while I don't agree with these uh, bans at all, I am curious as to how we reconcile one individual's right to smoke and another individual's not to be right to not be bothered by the smoke. So somebody with like emphysema or, as- or asthma. I don't think it really matters whether they have emphysema or asthma as to whether or not they have the right not to smell smoke. I think that they have the right not to – you have the right not to smell smoke, but you only have that right on your property as far as I'm concerned. And – you know that the the thing is is where does it where where does that uh, line get drawn? I mean, do I have the right to smoke on my property? I think so. Does that smoke wafting over? Is that sort of a normal and average thing? Is it pollution? I think that uh, you know neighbors need to would need to work that out. It's a very very rare circumstance that that would be the case. But other than that, it's a property owner's issue. Should you be able to smoke in the mall? As far as I'm concerned, if the mall wants you to. Should you be able to smoke in an apartment complex? As far as I'm concerned, if the apartment owner thinks it's okay. We'll come back with your response, Jared, in moments here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Smoking banned in apartments. Smoking banned in condos in California. Where does it go next after they've destroyed all of the smoking freedoms that we had? It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And if you have any predictions as to what it is the banners will be targeting next, those who wish to ban things, uh, 1-800-259-9231. They've almost completely defeated smoking freedoms. Uh, But if uh, you've got any ideas as to what's next, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where the discussion of issues like this continues on 
the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Join the more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com with their common legal matters. Incorporate your business, create a living will or trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. That's LegalZoom.com. So we have Jared on the line in Arizona. Jared, you'd called asking about, well, if you've got a right to smoke, what about the, the other person's right to not smell smoke? And, Mark, I think your answer was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward, that if you are on your own private property, then you have the right to ban smoking there. And if you want to avoid all cigarette smoke, then you should only traverse onto the private property of other owners of like mind. And this is where the problem has come in uh, out in Belmont, where where they've banned smoking in apartment buildings is there are some people that have, I guess are really sour about the fact that they went ahead and rented an apartment in a place where smoking was allowed. And they that, knew it. And so they're upset about that. And so they went to the city council to solve their problem rather than doing the responsible thing and attempting to get management to change their policy or better yet, move to an apartment building with a, with a better policy. But they solved their problem the way most people are taught to solve their problems today. And that right is in school. through the force of the states. Mark, I'm not clear if i'm in a condo and i own the my unit the person next door starts complaining about me smoking all the time and they can smell it what do you do well if it's it, it, you know if, if it's a smell issue i think that you have the right to not smell things coming from other units and i okay great i, I think you should get an air purifier and run it in your apartment begin um yeah well i would suddenly begin smelling your cat you know what i mean oh my god that thing stinks oh i gotcha <laughs> oh, geez, what are you cooking over there? Oh, I can't stand garlic. Your girlfriend's perfume or yeah, something like it, that? It all would begin to bug me. And then you'd realize, hey, you and the smoking complaining, shut up. <laughs> Jared, your thoughts in Arizona? Yeah, so I definitely agree with Mark. And I think that we should definitely be free on our own property to do as we wish. But when it comes to those public places that we're coerced into paying for, like parks, uh, where, where do we draw the line where one individual's right to smoke doesn't interfere with another individual's right to not be bothered? You draw by. the line by that's, not having public places. Yeah, that, you, that's, that's why they call it the tragedy <laughs> of the commons, because it's a tragedy yeah, trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, you have to go back to the original problem. You cannot uh, solve the problems government creates by creating new rules on top of the existing structure. You have to go strike at the root, and you have to get rid of the ideal or the, the concept of community property and return all property to uh, a state of private ownership where somebody is responsible for all property and let, letting them uh, set the rules. So in a private world or a free market world, you would still have parks and each park owner would get to decide. It wouldn't necessarily be an individual. It could be a group. It could be a, you know, a charity or something like that. would get to decide what their park rules are. And one of those could very well be no smoking. So there you All go. right. Well, that definitely, uh, I guess, handles that question. Thank it's you for no, the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We go to KBYO. Listening, uh, Greg is listening in Louisiana. Hello, Greg. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Hey, just super. What's on your mind? Uh, well, um, I live in Louisiana, and there's uh, recently has uh, the ban has been gone into effect for uh, all restaurants. Smoking and ban. So there's no. Yeah, no more smoking in you know in restaurants and and I at being a non-smoker I'm you know, I'm glad but I understand you know the argument about you know people getting their rights trampled on yeah uh, like the restaurant but, owner but, but but one of the one of the arguments that one of you made a minute ago I I, I don't buy it um, which one one of you one of you said that um, you only have the right you know to not breathe the smoke if you're on your own property 
Now, if you apply that same argument to other things, like I heard the guy with the garlic and the cat and stuff, if you apply that same argument to other things, let's say I've got uh, gas real bad in the restaurant, and yep. I, I just choose to go stand by your table and just fart all night long. <laughs> well, you know, are you, you the restaurant owner? There, right, you're not the restaurant owner. Now, if you're the restaurant owner and the restaurant owner has you know a flatulence <laughs> issue and he, uh-huh. he's, he like wants to come over and be nice to you, but he keeps on flatulating... Like, maybe you don't go back to that restaurant, right? Yeah, but, I mean, do you, do you not have the right, you know, you have, do you have the right to not smell it and not hear it just because you're, you know, unless you're on your own property? Yeah, I, that's, really I just, the, that's really the case. Your rights only extend to your property and the property of um, the others that you have, you know, sort of agreements with. And most, uh-huh. of, most of them are pretty clear. Restaurants... You know, they're they're either non-smoking or smoking. I I remember before they passed the non-smoking ban here in New Hampshire, they had non-smoking bars and smoking bars. I went to both. I don't smoke, so or I don't smoke out in public. I smoke cigar, but at outside at home because my wife says that I can't smoke inside. But that's an agreement that I've made with her. So absolutely, the prop the the issue is the property owner. Do, do yeah. you understand I, that in a, with an absence of government that there would be no public property, everything would be privately owned, and the private property owners would be free to set the rules 100% of the time? Yeah, and, and that sounds good on the cover, but, I mean, you, you also take it back to the uh, time to where, you know, two people that disagree would just have to step out in the street street and have a duel well why, why is that the case because one person is going to own the property one person is not the person who doesn't like the policy of the private property owner is free to leave is that how you would solve your problems in the absence of government sir if you didn't like a restaurant owner's policies whether it's about smoking or how they decorate their tables would you challenge the owner to a duel out front or would you go to a different restaurant or better yet open up your own right. No, but I'm saying I can. I guarantee you, I can find somebody pretty quickly who would do that. I okay, mean, there are, and they there would are many die. People around. <laughs> yeah, but well, the, people people that fight um, duels die. I mean, it's it's a it's <laughs> yeah. a rare it's a rare individual that makes it through ten, fifteen, <laughs> twenty duels without you know getting that odd uh, odd shot. I mean, if you've been in a few fisticuffs, you realize that it doesn't even take a very skilled individual to land a lucky shot now and You'll then. You'll meet someone who's better than you eventually. Right. Or, or luckier. Well, it, it, you, it, then you only go to piano bars and you have dueling pianos, right? <laughs> well, um, now, now I want to talk to you about duels. Don't you think that two grown men who uh, have a irreconcilable differences that they just can't get over should be able to solve their problems with handguns? That's a tough one. Uh that's one you'd have to ponder on. Yep. But I mean, I don't have to think too uh, long. Absolutely. And if two individuals consent to uh, now, if enter they hurt into somebody a... with those handguns, besides the two guys that yeah. entered into the duel, and of course their seconds would be there to to you know say who you know that everything went fairly or whatever. I think it'd be more fun with swords. Well, swords are fine, but you would have to you'd have to choose your weapon. A lot of yeah. blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or fish. Hey, thank you for your thoughts tonight, Greg. Really appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, I guess it's kind of frustrating to people. The idea that you can control your property in the way that you want to. They really want uh, to have some ability to influence you uh, in the way that they think is best. And in reality, you do have a way to influence these business owners. You can complain about it.
And whether that works or not is, well, depends on how many people complain, really. I mean, if I go into a restaurant and it's a popular smoking restaurant and I'm the only person in there who doesn't appreciate the fact that it's a smoking restaurant and I complain to the management, well, the management, he's going to weigh what I have to say versus what the rest of his customers have to say, and he's going to make his decision. But if a bunch of people are telling management, hey, we don't like the fact that you allow smokers in here and that bunch of people is enough to uh, significantly affect his business, then he's going to weigh that much much more heavily. So you do have... the, the smokers have a place things. that they sh- they can go to eat or um, you know go to drink or whatever it is they want to do. Shouldn't the smokers have that? Well, in most states, I believe at this point, they don't because well, the it's majority out back by of the people, dumpster or something, yeah, right? Like the majority of people have said we want every place and no place for the smokers because they're bad people and they're smoking and it's bad, bad, bad. Right? Well, it was like eighty screw something you percent. Your opinion. I mean, I don't smoke cigarettes and go out to places. I don't want to jam my opinion down somebody's throat. What nosy little busybody thinks that they should? Okay, but Ian, if we had uh, no government and everything was privately owned and private property owners are setting all the rules, if I want to drive from Texas to New Hampshire, how would I do that without getting shot for driving on somebody's private property? The rules are going to be different, and I don't know the rules. And without government, how would any of this be possible? That's an excellent question. Let's come back and discuss and take your calls about what you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, you can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up what you want is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. <laughs> and Sam. <laughs> Caught him drinking. And Mark. Uh, was not my intention. 800-259-9231. We continue. My intention is to definitely take your calls, but real quick to answer your question, uh, Sam, you'd asked, we were talking about private property and in the absence of government, if all property was privately owned, how could you travel from point A to point B, say New Hampshire to Texas, and know what all the rules were of the various different uh, road owners, for instance, that you might be, uh, their property that you'd be passing through in your travels. How would you know? The government standardizes all that stuff for us, don't they? No. Actually, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Traveling from one governmental jurisdiction to another can result in some definite rule changes. Suppose you have a gun in the trunk of that car. Fireworks or prescription medicine or any other uh, laundry list of things that are banned in different states for different reasons. And the enforcement of these things is arbitrary anyway when it comes to the government because they do what they want. It is. Well, to answer the question, though, uh, the, the road owners would have an interest in standardizing at least uh, most of the uh, the general rules uh, simply because the marketplace wants to do business and people want to get products from point A to point B. So there's a tremendous financial incentive to make that process as simple and as understandable as possible. I mean, if you just look at uh, the technology industry, you can see how even in a world of intense and fierce competition, standards are created. Uh, if you if you know anything about computers, you know you've probably seen the USB port on your laptop or on the front of your computer tower. 
Well, the USB port is an industry standard created by the USB consortium, I believe is what it's called, and it's a group of various different manufacturers that essentially, this is my understanding of it, that they get together and they agree on new specifications for new technology, and then they all, you know, essentially they license it out, and uh, they can use that technology in their computers, and it makes it, it just makes it easier to do things when you aren't having to switch uh, accessories so you can plug your flash drive into the right port because the port's different on that brand computer as opposed to the other brand computer over there. So standards help, uh, and so even people that are competing can manage to come up with standards for one another. I, I can see somebody like AAA stepping in and, and giving some kind of a standard or certification for a specific road network. and Or an insurer, or yeah, whatever certainly. the insurance company is that's insuring that road may say, well, you know, we're willing to insure you, but you need to get up to spec here. Uh, and I think the rules in the in the private market would, like you say, they're going to have this fierce incentive to really simplify it and make it easy for people under, to understand. Right. For the same reason that you don't drive to Honduras is the same reason that people wouldn't want to drive through, you know, Texas or, uh, you know, through through Virginia on their way uh, from Florida to, to uh, New Hampshire because they didn't understand and they know that it's scary and they know bad things can happen. So they don't do it. And. You know, they. The fact is that you'd want to make it very easy on people to go um, and do that. And the fact, and it's, it's it's customs at the same time. If you go into somebody's house, the vast majority of times you go into somebody's house, they don't do weird, strange things. The experience is very similar in going to, into different people's homes because they treat guests in a very similar fashion. So you've got this customary way of treating people too. I don't answer the door nude. Because that would be offensive. <laughs> unless you want to offend. Well, unless you want to offend. Jehovah's Witness or has something. Has anyone like that. ever done that? that, that um, to you? No, never. I'm sure someone's done it somewhere sometime, but yeah. you, know, you don't go back to that person's house. I guess it would depend on who it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we continue with your phone calls and talk to Dustin listening in Washington. Dustin, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Dustin in Washington, going once. Dustin, going twice. He's gone. Let's try Ted in Illinois. Ted, you are on Free Talk Live. Ted? Ted in Illinois? Hey. You're on the air. Hey, it's actually Tim. Tim in Illinois. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I was calling about uh, to talk to talk about something Mark said a while back about getting a job. But okay. I, I saw something interesting in the news while I was on hold. Um, governor uh, Blagojevich. The uh, indicted Two. Illinois governor yes. was just uh, kicked out of office. Yes, that's correct. Yay, so yeah, now another corrupt right? politician can replace him. Well, that way everybody can feel yeah, really exactly. good about the, uh, the the governance in Illinois now because the bad guy's gone, right? Things are changing. <laughs> totally. Is well, he going to take anybody down with it. him? Is this guy going to take anybody down with him or what? Like, he's got to uh, know some it. inside stuff, right? I heard his uh, governor, or his, uh, his wife with the government job got fired as well, but I don't know anything about that. So what else did you have to share with us tonight? Um, well, one of the things that I thought was odd about the uh, the his uh, his uh, sentence was they they said he can't hold any more elected offices in Illinois ever. Ah, but can um, he hold an appointed office? Uh, I don't know. But, I don't either. Um, the answer is yes. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Chances uh, are he's going to go work for some contractor that he got a sweet deal, you know, as his using his power as governor. Yeah. Um, but isn't there something in the uh, federal constitution of prohibiting laws against a single person? Laws against a single person? I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't sure. remember for sure what it's called, but I want to say it's an ex parte law. 
uh, it may, it may, I, you know, it may be some rule. It, it doesn't. It's not in the Constitution, as I recall. Why do you ask the question? Uh, I just thought that was odd. I thought I remembered something about that. And is it in relation to the Blagojevich thing, or? Well, yeah, sure they, they found. They said that he is not able to hold office anymore. Was so it a judicial it. decision? Do you know? No, it was uh, from the Senate. From the Senate. State Senate. That's another question. Is it judicial because they're acting as a uh, a trial hearing body? Uh, I have no idea. All I know is they oh, can say confusing. whatever they want to say and do whatever they want to do. And what's he going to do about it? And what are you going to do He's about gonna it? He's going to comb his hair. Yeah. Thanks exactly. for the call, dude. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Scott in Canada on the Amp Line. Hello, Scott. Hey, guys. What's on your mind tonight, Scott? Well, I thought you might be interested in this story. I just posted it on the BBS. Uh, there was a seven-year-old girl in Winnipeg that went to school with a swastika drawn on her arm. Oh, dear. Yeah, so you can guess what happened now. The uh, authorities the were called in. And CPS changed. went after the parents? Yeah, yeah. The seven-year-old and her two-year-old brother were both taken out of the, the home of the parent. It was a single mother. And now uh, there's the court is calling for uh, a media ban on any coverage at all of the a media of, ban. Uh, oh yeah, we have media bans in Canada all the time. Like uh, saying, okay, the media can't report on this case or this case. Wow. Are they one, saying that's because there's a child involved? Well, they're not allowed to identify the children anyways in Canada. Okay. Um, but this is beyond what is normally done. Like they want a, uh, a banned media from attending any part of the custody case involving the girl. Like, they can't even show up and, and report on it. Mm. Uh, or that's what they're going for, and then the media has a chance to contest it by the state and blah, blah, blah. So, but, I mean, the core issue there is that a kid was removed from her home just because, you know, the mom has neo-Nazi stuff in her apartment, but so what? Yeah, you that's know, when not- I was in government middle school, we had a literature class, which I hated because you we would read these books and then talk about the the teacher's interpretation of what the author had in mind, right. and, and that's what you get tested on too. It's like your interpretation. What stinks. did the author think? What, what was he thinking when he wrote this? And it, it was so ridiculous. So sometimes we get asked to make up sentences, and I would just come up with the most horrible graphic murder, you know, d- describing sentences for the class. So would I be singled out for something like this these days? Maybe it's it certainly a possibility. If it was about killing a teacher, you know, or something like that. I was. I remember being taken outside of my fourth grade class after I had written a book liberally borrowing ideas from uh, popular movies like Aliens and Predator, and uh, obviously involving lots of death uh, and destruction. And I, I had a, a good talking to by the by the teacher. There, there was possibly something wrong with me for uh, writing such a, a violent story. It never went there was uh, that past kid, that. Luckily. There was that kid in uh, in Tennessee, I believe, that uh, wrote some story about the. I think the school got overrun by zombies, but he didn't name teachers. Specifically, or maybe he did. I don't mm-hmm. know, but it was zombies for God's sake. And I, I can't remember what bad happened to him, but something bad happened to him. Whether it was expulsion or, you know, uh, juvenile. I don't know, but it's it's been a couple of years. But jeez. You know, it really shocks me when I hear these stories that are coming out of Canada, and I guess I'm just not familiar enough with what your situation is up there. I know that uh, there there is no free speech because you can't. Uh, you can't make a like a, a racist joke. Not that I would necessarily, but you can't do that up there because you just look, that stuff is banned. And now here you are telling us about yet another aspect. I mean, apparently, if the Canadian government decides that they don't want the media to cover a case, they just issue, issue a proclamation yeah. and the media stays away, huh? 
Well, the main tool they have is in our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is similar to your Bill of Rights. There's a caveat in there that says any of these things in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that talks about like freedom of speech, religion, blah, 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 any one of these can be restricted if the court think it's, thinks it's in the public good. Sweet. What a nice So app. that's why we can get pulled over for no reason because there's a part in there that says, you know, you can't have, uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called, you know, random check stops without reason. Uh, but then, you know, they say, oh, but it's for the public good. So, right. okay, that trumps Got to stop it. So those anything, drugs. Any of our rights can be trumped if the courts want to. That's amazing. So how how is this, yeah. uh, how are interpretations like this being challenged in the new age of the blogosphere? Are bloggers also prevented from reporting on this trial? Uh, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if they would be or not. I mean, a private citizen could just show up and then report on it. Maybe that's what I'll do. Good luck if you do. Let us know how that works out. I thank you for the call. Uh, They could very easily just say, well, blogs are the media, so therefore you aren't allowed. 800-259-9231. Our number... Oh, hey, that's my line. Our number two is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, Mark, you're going to tell us about some pretty outrageous proposals coming out of Washington, D.C. in regards to gun owners. Uh, But first, we go to your phone calls and talk to Eddie in California. Eddie, you are on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind, Eddie? Hey, uh, so I was going to ask you guys for some uh, advice and thoughts on speeding countermeasures. Uh, basically, I just got a I got a ticket about three months ago uh, for $280. Oh, boy. Uh, for speeding, I'd say, like, 84 miles per hour on a 65. Um, the thing was... Everybody is going the same speed, so I don't know, you know, everybody's going the same speed. It would be unsafe for me to go under, you know, what everybody else is going at. The hosts of the show are not lawyers, and nor can you be anything they say be construed as legal (laughs) advice. However, what I would, uh, you know, there's a couple of ways to look at this. Uh, There's there's some sites where you can, you know, uh, find out what kind of, uh, you know, speed gun they were using, whether they're using... Right, right, right. I actually sent, like, the trial by written declaration thing. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I haven't gotten it yet, though. But uh, I was going to ask you guys actually about uh, things like using technology to beat, like speeding, um, getting caught speeding, things like uh, laser and radar jammers, CB radios. Uh, I don't think CB radio. units. I don't think like a CB radio is going reloaded. to do much for you. I mean, a CB will let you know if there's a speed trap coming up if there are enough people using CBs. But CBs exactly. are kind of out of date. Or uh, very police, few people beyond. But uh, mostly importantly, like something like a GPS unit with free, you know, predetermined speed traps where it'll alert you, you know. If so you're talking about things that don't exist, right? Because I don't believe that well, uh, there's exists. such a thing. There's, there are databases uh, that are you can get um, if you have a, you know, a GPS unit that you can really? alert you because people add their speed traps online. Yeah, wow, some that's of the, cool. Some of the newer GPSs will tie into Absolutely. your wireless. Oh, the thing is there, could add them as points of interest, basically. So you would go online to again give one of these databases where everybody around the country is adding speed traps, and they, you would just upload all that data into your GPS unit. And that, an in conjunction idea. with uh, things like laser jammers, radar jammers, uh, I'm guessing you could, you know, 
Avoid you know, these the lidar jammers are are pretty expensive, um, and I'm for I'm for all these things. I think you're crazy if you don't go out and buy one of these uh, seventy five dollar, uh, you know, little fuzz busters that that at least will let you know in some vicinity where some cops are. It, you know, they're they're cheap, and you might as well have one. Um, as they get more cost prohibitive, it's going to be harder and harder for people to get well, them. That, you're I'm talking about lidar, right, Mark? Well, it depends. It depends on where you are and uh, what equipment well, they radar use. Radar jammers are illegal, I believe. Uh, so is laser jammers. I'm sure. But, no, no, Mark no, wasn't no, talking no. about a jammer. Aren't. I was Mark, talking about, just talking about a detector. radar detector. Yeah. Oh, you, Mark's talking about radar detector, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what he was talking about. Oh, I'm talking about a radar jammer. I understand that there is a difference. However, okay. um, you, you should you should look at all of those pieces of equipment. Um, I just have one of the cheapy, uh, you know, d- detectors. Here in New Hampshire. The thing is, with those detectors, it's usually too late because, especially, uh, the whole point of that is a lidar detector. You from likely, far away. likely, what you're saying is true, and a, a lidar detector that's true. It depends on the state that you're in. I would recommend you move to New Hampshire, where we have just ra- where they just have radar. Yeah, and, just old uh, school radar. We'll fight against uh, speeding. You know, them getting lidar. How's well, here, that? here in New Hampshire, we had uh, one gentleman recently go into court and basically tell the judge that uh, he's not going to be paying and uh, that. That was the end of the story. The judge found him not guilty. So there's there's some uh, there's some level of uh, people standing up against speeding tickets here in New Hampshire. And I'd love to see more of that stuff happen. You're welcome to try yeah, it out in California. I'm not sure how well it'll work. If you had like a switch where you could turn on and off, because if if your jam jammer is active the whole time, then it's easy for a cop to tell that. Um, you're using a jammer. It depends on which one you get. Some of them will uh, send out a certain speed. I'm actually speed. experimenting with this system called uh, Blinders. It's a, it's a laser jammer. Okay. And um, I'm sure is, you it, can it, spend it, all kinds of money and the, make yourself invisible if you're willing the, to spend the money. <laughs> what the newer technology if, if does. If you were a cop, if you were a cop uh, and they're pointing the jammer, I mean the detector at you, and he notices that you know your vehicle, there's no reading. It's obvious that you know there's something going on here, but um, what I'm planning on doing is get, having two switches on your on your car console, one for your brake lights and one for um, your radar jammer. And uh, so, for example, if there's a detection, if your car alerts you that there's a somebody aiming a detector at you, uh, a police officer, for example, what you would do is you would switch off the brake light. I mean, you cut off the power to the brake lights, and you would brake. Uh, so people don't know that you're slowing down. Ah, uh, very sneaky. You know, it sounds like you're willing to pour thousands of dollars in uh, upgrades well, it's into very your expensive. car. That actually, that set up exactly. So when you once you slow down, uh, then you turn off your jammer. Then the, when the police uh, is still, you know, they're pointing the thing at you. Then they notice that you're in the speed range, and there's no slowing down, or you know, there's no evidence of me slowing down, or. You know, you understand what I'm it saying? sounds like a lot of hoops to jump through. Uh, you know, I, I like Mark's suggestion. If you love freedom, move to New Hampshire. You only have to deal with radar detectors uh, up here. Cold, it makes guys. it a lot easier. <laughs> too cold? Well, hey, then spend thousands of dollars upgrading your car. Thanks right. for the call and good luck. <laughs> couple, couple of Florida boys you're talking to. I don't want to hear it's too yep. cold. Yep. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, at least up here, we're on a track to uh, basically just continue saying no to this stuff. Not just speeding tickets, but also little things like uh, there's a, a, a lady here, a free stater, who's been busted for possession of an open container or something. I don't know the exact charges, but it's an open container-related charge. She was in uh, somebody else's car at the time, and she is planning on going to their court trial and telling them, hey, I'm not going to pay your fine.
So uh, we've seen some real success with people going in and just telling these government people, look, I'm not your piggy bank. Uh, I won't be paying your fine. You can fine me however you want, but I'm not going to be paying it. And there have been some successes there. But out where you are in California, if you're dealing with this technological police state, then I guess you have to fight technology with technology unless you're willing to go in and actually say, no, I don't consent to this and I won't be paying. I don't think that'll go over too well in California. They'll probably take your driver's license from you, and then the next time they'll take your car from you. Be in San Quentin. 800-259-9231. We continue with Ben in Pennsylvania. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I wanted to um, discuss your idea of roads and uh, infrastructure being owned privately. Yes, sir. Well, um, how exactly would the publicly owned, my publicly, I mean governmentally owned uh, roads be transferred over to private ownership? It's an excellent question. Uh, I'll try my hand. I, I don't have all of the answers for you because I'm not somebody who's, uh, you know, the, the Likely road Likely it'll mastermind. be handled by the, by the government or consensus of people, so therefore it'll be a really stupid operation and uh, <laughs> poorly executed. I think that ideally, mm-hmm. I think that uh, the road should be ceded to the people that own the property that bound, uh, the, bound the outside of the road. I right. think that it, would make the most all sense. All of the roads um, that are out there, uh, at least the ones on property that was existed before the road came, are made from right-of-ways. Those right-of-ways were were uh, you know, essentially taken from the property owner along the edges mm-hmm. of their property, Easements. and they should return to the property owner. Actually, your house, it goes to the middle of the road uh, where you own, in all likelihood. I don't know every place. That's how it should be. That's it, what makes the most sense but to I, me. From what I've looked at, from deeds that I've looked at, that's the case, that your property goes to the center line of the road, and as does the other person's, but then you have given up this easement. Some people have suggested that uh, the government should auction the roads to the highest bidder, but that becomes a politically uh, unfeasible process simply because uh, it will just inevitably be rife with corruption. I mean, if you're giving the government people the ability to auction off the roads, inevitably their buddies in industry will be the ones that will benefit, and nobody will really have a fair shake at it. Whereas if you just cede those roads back to the uh, abutting property owners, then each property owner can decide for themselves what to do with their road. Perhaps they will want to maintain it themselves. Perhaps they would prefer to sell it to some entrepreneur that comes by and offers them some money for it. That also yeah, makes. Yeah, go, go ahead, Colin. That's the same argument that um, David Friedman made in his book, Machinery of Freedom. He basically said that the government should sell off the roads. And I thought, well, wouldn't that basically be transferring monopoly privilege from government to a private individual who didn't do anything to mix his labor with the road in the first place? Yeah, I don't, I don't support that, uh, that solution. I think that uh, each property owner should get the road out in front of their, their home or their property. I think that's what, the, or, you know, half of the road if they don't own the other, uh, what's on the other side. I think that makes the most sense. And then from there, each individual owns a little chunk of road and can decide what to do with that, uh, that asset. Uh, or liability, depending. Thank you for the call. Well, actually, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. But that's just what I thought. I mean, maybe you can think of something better. I'm certainly not somebody who's planning on getting into the road business. I wouldn't want to really hold on to mine. I'd probably sell it with some contractual stipulations. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, They include, by the way, archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there on the front page of the website. Going back for an entire year, completely free at freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT 
admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com. As we continue with your phone calls, it is Ben in Pennsylvania. Ben, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Going once. Ben in Pennsylvania, going twice. All right, I guess we lost Ben. 800-25... I already took Ben. All right, what about Eddie in California? We took him, too. I'm all out of calls. 800-259-9231. So, since we were talking about roads, I believe, Sam, you had something in regards to that particular topic tonight. Yes, as soon as I can bring it up here. People are obviously concerned about this issue. Uh, It is always something that generates controversy because, well, as Mark has described it in the past, it's the third rail of uh, the liberty movement. There's quite a few of them. Well, I think it's a, it's a pretty simple one, actually, to deal with. When you really start to think about it, you can start to come up with some ways that it you can remove this uh, particular concept from the government's control and put it into the hands of private people. But is that where are you coming from on this one? Tonight, well, let's, let's take a look at how the government is doing managing the roads today. I mean, Not so great around here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, engineers give U.S. infrastructure a D. Uh, This is from Washington AP. America's roads, public transit, and aviation have all gotten worse in the past four years. Water and sewage systems are dreadful. The basic physical backbone of American society is barely above failing, a report by top engineers says. It'll cost $2.2 trillion to fix America's ailing infrastructure, according to highlights of a report being released early, uh, just as the House of Representatives, yada, yada, yada. The country's roads, dumps, dams, bridges, schools, and rail systems need lots of money, say the engineers, who would get a piece of the pie in Mm. working on the repairs. Now, think about it. They're not only getting a piece of the pie, meaning more work and job security for them, but they're also going to get, uh, they're going to be spending billions of dollars with vendors. And anytime you do that, those vendors are going to throw parties, they're going to throw conferences, or we've got to come out and show you about the new road technology that we do and, and so forth. And they're going to go to, you know, lavish trips and things like that, I, I guarantee you. So there's certainly a financial incentive here that is probably not so strong when you don't have a, a large monopoly organization like this running the entire road system for America. So you're saying the engineers are saying the infrastructure gets a D, hire us to fix it. Is yes, that- exactly. Right. Not only that, but they're they're painting this picture. Uh, government officials are allegedly aiming billions of dollars at those physical needs as part of... Uh, what at the moment is an $825 billion economic stimulus package, but the engineers say that's not enough. Uh, overall, <laughs> the American Society of Civil Engineers gives U.S. physical backbone for everything from schools and parks and to dams and levees a D. And I like the way that they're using – this is something I point out in my videos. If you go to the police – if you go to, into a government school – What's always in the lobby in the big display case? Trophies. All their trophies that they won to show how great they are. Doesn't point out the fact that the government school systems are 45th in the world and falling every year. They've got trophies because they're number one We're within an A their school. little system. Right. Yeah. The school for the dum-dums. Right. <laughs> America, the short bus of countries. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, I'm, I, all the, I don't understand. I can't tell you why American education is 45th in the world. If, if the, you know, I think that that number is true. I've seen, I, I've heard that. I've yeah. seen ranks about um, about that, but I can't. I can't tell you why that's true. 
because all the other countries seem to run their schools from a centralized uh, bureaucracy, too. I don't know much about them, but I imagine that France does and that Japan does and all these other countries do. But the fact is, ours stinks. Maybe it's the geographical size of our nation. No, no. It's $7,000 per year per student is just not enough, Mark. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that uh, it's just not the answer to throw more money at it. It, 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 it sounds like it. It seems like it. But uh, all that's doing is feeding the teachers union who... Uh, has the only interest they have is not educating the students, but keeping con- monopoly control on the education of them. That's the same overall grade as the last time the group's report in 2005, but it really is slipping from a high D to a low <laughs> D, <laughs> said the report chairman, Andrew Herman. Uh, of, the, of the 15 areas the engineers looked at, three got worse and uh, only one got better. The three were worse and were all transportation-oriented. Aviation dropped from a D-minus to a D. So did public transit and America's intricate roadway system uh, potholed from a D to a D-minus. Only the energy system improved from a D to a D- or from a D to a D-minus. How did that improve? Doesn't sound like an improvement. Yeah. Anyway, but transpose them just for fun. Okay. They yeah, said it was say an improvement. It's the other way. We'll, we'll take their uh, word for it. It's an improvement. But look at that. What is what is improving? The one system that is not completely owned and controlled by the government is the only one that managed to improve just a little bit. Yeah, and it's not saying much considering the energy system is not well. It's not owned and controlled. It's pretty much controlled completely by the state. They they allow a privateer to have a government granted monopoly, which results in some pretty stagnant conditions. Absolutely. In in 2005, engineers said it would cost uh, it would cost what would be 1.7 trillion in current dollars to fix what's broken. Now the price tag is up to 2.2 trillion. Well, we all know that Obama's going to fix this. I mean, he's been talking about uh, the, this major infrastructure spending that the, the, the stimulus is necessary for. I think actually, I think old Bush was talking about this before he left office. As a matter of fact, so uh, they've certainly been throwing around the idea of printing out a whole bunch of new money and going and and, cre- and uh, fixing these supposed problems. I'm sure they'll have that wrapped up within the next year or two, don't you think? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, do I detect some sarcasm there? It's not going to happen. <laughs> that just goes to show you that waiting has has cost money, Herman told the Associated Press on Tuesday evening. We haven't made the progress in four years. We haven't made any progress <laughs> in four years. He's actually admitting that he's absolutely powerless to uh to do his job here over the last four years apparently well now he's what is his job again he's the uh head of this chair of this committee that oversees all of the the road infrastructure i see so projects. it's some sort of governmental committee american society of civil engineers so i wonder what they're i wonder how tied in they are I with, with the state because kind of it's interesting to hear this because on one hand you've got these engineers looking at the public and the government infrastructure and saying oh this is awful it's just decrepit we need to fix this uh, of course, on the other hand, so that's showing that the government is not so great at dealing with the infrastructure. Of course, the engineers on the other side of that are wanting to be the ones to fix the problem. Well, weren't government-approved engineers the ones that created these things in the first place? Are we just being told that the infrastructure was fine way back when, but it, it's now just being let go too long? That's certainly a possibility, right? I mean, it, that... They have to build a bridge, usually at least good enough to keep people alive that cross over it. So there is some incentive to government to actually make a bridge that works, because if you kill too many people, then you lose your tax base. Uh, but all, all that said, they don't have the best of incentives because we've certainly seen bridge collapses and things like that. So maybe what they're saying is that the, these, this infrastructure has been let just 
go for too long. And that seems to be his complaint is, look, we told you this four years ago. You didn't do anything, and now it's gotten worse. He's concerned. If if uh, my kid came home with 11 Ds and 4 Cs, I know I wouldn't be happy. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But what incentive does government have to act on these recommendations? I mean, presuming they're true, and I have no reason to disbelieve them, this is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive for free. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Now, Sam, we've been talking about this story you brought in uh, from some en- some sort of consortium of engineers that has been looking at the various different government infrastructure, uh, from schools to roads. And specifically, we're talking about the roads aspect of it and how it is that these engineers are essentially saying, hey, look, these roads are bad. We give them a D or actually a D minus this time around. Mm-hmm. And uh, four years ago, we gave them a D, so they're getting worse. We told you about this four years ago. You've done nothing. They're, this is essentially their report to the, the I believe, the federal government. Uh, they, their report is, look, we've told you this stuff is bad. This is dangerous. People are at risk, and you've done nothing. Well, why has the government not done anything? Don't they care about you? Don't they care that, that you're kept safe? 40,000 uh, fatalities on the government roads every year. Is that all? Only 40,000? That's... I, there was a Lou Rockwell podcast where a guy who has studied the roads, uh, that's the figure that he uses. I thought it would be much higher than that, but he believes if the roads were handed over to the private market that that number would drop by 30,000 almost right away. I mean, there's there are problems on the government roads where they're just poorly designed, they're poorly operated, they're poorly maintained. Wait a minute, Sam, wait a minute. Okay, let me play devil's advocate here and uh, pretend for a moment that I'm somebody who believes in the system. Well, wait a minute. You're telling me that you think that Walmart could make better roads than the government? I mean, the government cares about us. Evil corporations, they don't care about us. They just want to make money. Well, certainly. They're, look, they're not going to make money if they're not pleasing customers. Well, they, what incentive do they have to please me? They can just charge whatever they want for their roads. I'm going to have to drive on it if I want to go somewhere. Well, you've got to remember, in the absence of government, we're not going to have the FAA holding back things like air travel and other forms of transportation. Who's to say the roads need to exist for another 50, 100 years? That's a good point. Uh, and then there's also the point that a, somebody can only raise a price beyond a certain point before you've completely obliterated commerce. I mean, only people will only put up with prices that are so high. I mean, the, even the government can only get away with so much. If they raise the water rates too high, I'll call the Culligan man and get some five gallons in here. Look at what happened when gasoline went up to $4 a gallon. SUVs were being traded in, $50,000 cars. Dealerships were giving them like six grand. Yeah. <laughs> and people were yeah. taking it. 
Right, because they they just couldn't afford it. So they didn't want to afford it. I mean, they could pay for it. They didn't want to, and that was the threshold, and that's fine. Some people, I, the thresholds, you know, it's going to vary for, from person to person, but certainly it shows you that if they they're only going to be able to charge what the market will bear. Right, and how could things be worse than they currently are with the road situation? The fact is, with private ownership, those private owners would have an incentive to keep their roads up in better condition because they want you to travel on them. I would rather have you drive on my road so you can see the billboards that I've sold to various different advertising uh, companies or p- people that wanted to advertise on the side of my road. I want traffic on my road, so I have an incentive to not only make sure that my road is in good shape, but also to make sure that you have a, a pleasant drive while you're on it and that means keeping the dangerous people off as well and i've traveled to uh, disney world the one in florida whichever that is disney world disney world and never had a problem finding uh, pleasure island or any of the places that you go to because they're very well the signage is out there it's very clear it's very easy to understand they're color coded mm-hmm. imagine that uh, same thing with airports. You know, you're still quasi government regulated there, but it's pretty easy for me to go into just about any airport, and I did this all the time with my old job, uh, and, and find my terminal, find the rental car agency to to return the rental car and, and get where I need to go because it's it's privately owned. They have to make it simple, or people will complain. And if people complain, that they do have some form of competition in air travel. Right. And here we've got engineers that are coming to the government people and complaining and saying, look, this is these are dangerous conditions. And what does the government do? Sits and waits four years until the engineers come back and say, hey, the conditions are getting more dangerous. Really, really dangerous. Now, of course, we understand they're angling for a contract and they, you know, they understand that eventually once the government decides to move on this, they'll probably make buku bucks. But that's not really the point of the story. The point is to show how the government just doesn't care about your safety on the roads. Oh, sure, they'll put the you know the advertisements on television, click it or ticket, and they'll try to make it sound like they care about your safety, and maybe some of them really do. Uh, maybe some of the people in the Department of Safety, for instance, really do care about safety. It's just the thing is they have no incentive to really act in a way that would help you stay safe. They, don't, they just don't have it. Beyond just their personal caring, there's no financial incentive there for them to do anything at all. There's no real market motivation. And I question how much work the roads are actually getting is this report really a, a fair picture of what's going on or is it just uh, these guys hearing hey there's lots of uh, free handouts from the government and they're just printing money like crazy let's see if we can get a bigger slice by making this look worse than it is let's continue with your phone calls alfonso in massachusetts you are on free talk live hello alfonso hello alfonso going once alfonso in massachusetts going twice let's try richard in kansas richard you are on free talk live Hi. Hey, you're on the Hello? air. What's, Hello? what's on your mind, Richard? Uh, you guys were talking a couple days ago about intellectual property laws and drug companies. Yes, sir. Well, uh, my wife and I just watched um, a video about the cancer industry, and I don't remember the name of it, but they talked about how the cancer industry made up of pharmaceutical companies and the American Medical Association and other organizations um, have lobbied the uh, Congress and the FDA to make alternative treatments to cancer illegal. And these alternative treatments are basically just eating all raw fruits and vegetables. And they had a bunch of data to show how these raw fruits and vegetables are more effective than the chemotherapy and the radiation treatments. Hmm. And um, I was just thinking that was interesting, that it's it's great that um, we have these intellectual property laws to incentivize companies to create drugs that are 
less effective than just eating a carrot. Right. They want you to stay on their cancer treatments for the rest of however long you live. They don't really want to cure cancer, right? I mean, why should they? There's not really very much competition out there. There's no real interest in their part to uh, to do that, I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe some of them would uh, would bother to do such a thing, but would it really be profitable uh, for them to cure oh. cancer? I don't know. Well, I think it would if the government, if they hadn't lobbied the government to make treatments that work illegal. Yeah, like the free well, market would find the best solution. I don't even and know. They if, probably would find a solution. I don't even know if all of the treatments are illegal. I have a, a close friend who has leukemia, and she would, when her counts would go down, she would get really sick. It's, it's painful. A lot of uh, struggle there. She would go and do this alternative medicine. Now, this is not fun. She's getting coffee enemas every hour on the hour for two days straight. That means she's not (laughs) sleeping. She's drinking uh, pressed calf liver blood um, in in some kind of shake with lots of nasty, other really nasty-sounding stuff in it. She goes to this. It used to be in Texas, just on the southern border, but the FDA was harassing the doctor that did it, and he had to move across the border into into Juarez. Yeah, and uh, she came back from that. Her face was black because of uh, her body can't process the 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 metals. They they just kind of build up in her. And this this yeah, for some reason coffee enema. You lost me. What, what, coffee enema. I said, what is a coffee enema? Oh, a coffee enema. Do you know what an enema is? <laughs> uh, I guess not. I'm not a biologist or you whatever. You don't know what? Is. Oh, okay. Uh, an enema is not the same thing as an amoeba. Um, <laughs> uh, enema is when they squirt uh, in, into an orifice, and I believe that that would With be anal. likely. You know, <laughs> all I've ever oh. heard is the anal orifice, but it's possible, I guess. That's you could, what this you, was. And uh, they so they squirt like a liquid not. up into your anal orifice. Well, they didn't mention anything about that on the video. No, but where were you going no, with your point, Sam? The, 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 she came back from this. Her face had turned black because it had flushed up all of these metals, and shortly afterwards, she's been fine ever since, and she's running marathons again. No kidding. It works. So she was able to... She went after this uh, treatment that essentially was pushed out by the establishment, and it worked out for her. I don't know if you have more. Hang on. We'll bring it back if so. 800-259-9231. Uh, more with Richard. Your calls as well about what you want. This is Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give away. So enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Shop in dozens of categories, new items, used items, whatever it is you need to buy, they probably sell it. If you shop through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So get your shopping done at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com as we go back to Richard in Kansas. Uh, We're talking about intellectual property, and Richard wanted to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out. Anything else on your mind tonight? Um, no, that's about it, I guess. Oh, I'm sorry to hold on to you then. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Always feel free to hang up if we're holding on to you and you have nothing else to say. I think that's what you said. If you didn't have anything else, um, if yeah. you had something else, uh, we'll, we'll bring you back. Right. All right. So, uh, you know, since we're talking about IP, I've got an email from Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. Subject line, IP argument to crush Mark. 
God. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what he has to say. Uh, since we were talking about the issue of uh, intellectual property as it applies to the pharmaceutical industry in particular, because, Mark, you were saying last night that you believe that this is necessary. It's necessary to have this government monopoly protection because, well, what about the children? We don't want uh, kids with cancer dying and that the I medical establishment the is, is going to solve these problems. And so we need to make sure that they're protected, et cetera, et cetera. I did not say that. So we already know from what we just talked about a few moments ago that there are alternative therapies out there, and some people swear by them. Unfortunately, they aren't allowed to uh, to advertise the benefits of these therapies, even if they have scientific proof, they have scientific studies uh, in their corner, they're not allowed to do that. So it seems to me that the current, the status quo, and I'm sure you'd be all in favor, Mark, of changing some things about the status quo, uh, but it seems to me the status quo doesn't really have a, a real interest in solving cancer. They have an interest in keeping people on their pills and keeping the real solutions out of the marketplace because, well, if there's a real cancer solution, as you were talking about a few moments ago, that could involve a coffee enema or something. I'm not saying that's the actual solution, but whatever it is, if it's something simple and natural and very low cost, then that puts those drug companies, their treatments, out of the marketplace because who's going to want to buy those? Cannabis. Uh, that was the AMA expected cannabis to replace 50, I think it was 50 to 80% of the painkillers uh, that, that really? were currently on the market. So is that why they lobbied against it? Well, I mean, that was one of the reasons. The AMA was consulted, and they they didn't even know that marijuana and cannabis were the same thing. They had been doing these studies on this mm. cannabis plant, and when they the, the newspapers were, of course, writing up these horrible stories because of uh, Hearst. Had yes, a, William had Randolph a, Hearst. A vendetta against uh, the the plant, and you know he wanted his his timber interests to to profit, and so the, it was being attacked by it on a number of different fronts, and that that's just one more example. So here's what Jason Osborne has to say. Jason, who by the way uh, actually went to school for economics, didn't he? I, I he's somewhere either a PhD or. Just yeah, slightly PhD, below that, yeah. like didn't finish his dissertation. I'm not sure exactly. The guy knows what he's talking about. Here's what he has to say. The key to efficient production of any good in the market is well-defined property rights. As any economist will point out, as long as transaction costs are out of the picture, efficient production is not dependent on the particular individuals possessing the property rights. The only difference in outcome will be the distribution of wealth at the end of the day. For example, consider the couch situation. If you have the right to have a couch on your lawn and your neighbor doesn't want it there, then they can offer to pay you to remove it. If it's worth more to you to have it there, then the couch will stay. If it's worth more to them to have it gone, it'll be gone, and you will receive compensation. On the other hand, if the neighbor has the right to remove your couch, then you can make an offer to pay the neighbor in order to keep your couch. If it's worth more to you to keep it, then it will stay, and your neighbor will receive payment. If it's worth more to the neighbor to have it gone, then it will disappear. In either case, the couch stays or goes depending on which is more efficient. The only difference is how much money is left in each of your pockets. The same can be true with regard to patents, even in the oh-so-important market for medical technology. Mark seems to think that efficiency goes out the window as soon as property rights over technology are opened up and violent monopoly privilege is extinguished. As usual, this belief is evidence of a lack of imagination regarding dealing with the transaction costs of raising the necessary research and development funds. This is also analogous to the provision of any public good, such as roads or defense. The problem to be solved is how to incentivize all of the individuals who would benefit from the provision of such a good, R&D, roads, or defense, and to contribute, uh, to contribute such that the efficient level of production is reached. 
In the past, unimaginative folk like Mark have thrown up their hands and said, the only way to do this is to steal people's money at the point of a gun or to grant monopoly privilege at the point of a gun. These solutions present their own problems, such as the economic calculation problem that Mises so wisely pointed out long ago, as well as rent-seeking problems that manifest whenever entities are pitted against each other to fight over monopoly privileges. So how would the marketplace solve the problem of R&D in the absence of the rent-seeking game that we have today? Auctions, says Jason. Suppose a company has the intention of developing a new product, a cure for cancer, let's say. Well, why not just set up an auction? How much would you, an individual, be willing to pay to see a cure for cancer produced? Suppose further that with every dollar you contributed, you were promised a certain quantity of the end product should it become successful. Suppose even further that you could place conditions on your bid, such as, I will contribute $10, but only if a thousand other people do, or I will contribute $100 only after such and such milestone is reached. Not only will individuals want to see this R&D be performed, but think about all the generic companies that will come out of the woodwork to bid knowing they'll be able to seize the design at the end of the day and produce it themselves. Without traveling further down the rabbit hole, it's easy to see how a sophisticated enough auction design could be implemented to achieve a much greater degree of efficiency than can be reached under the current winner-takes-all paradigm. Something to chew on. It's, it's, I, I can see how it might work. However, I would like to see... Um, I know that the, inter- the Internet's got something like this going on. Somewhere technology, um, you know, the, in the technology arena, um, the industry, that this has been done. I would like to see an example, a working example of this. Okay, I'll give you one. How about the X Prize? Okay. So how, long is, how long has the government been in control of space travel well, and monopolized it and they monitor decades. all the satellites? And if you want to... Uh, Go into space. Well, you have to go get FAA permission and so forth. Somebody came up with a $10 million prize. Companies came out of the woodwork. It was Google, wasn't it? Wasn't it No, it was the Inari family in Dallas. Oh, okay. Um, But the uh, Virgin guy, he poured millions into uh, uh, coming up with his spaceship that was going to travel, and so did a number of other companies. Like you said, or like Jason's email suggests, people were coming out of the woodwork to uh, compete for this. Not only because of the $10 million prize, but because of the fame and the media attention and so forth. I mean, there's, there's a lot of benefits to that approach. And that's just one idea, too, right? I mean, there are other ways that this could possibly uh, be solved. I think it was Stephen Kinsella's, uh, one of his papers, maybe maybe it wasn't him, but I was looking at something that suggested that the research could simply be done by universities. It, the, this, the, the process, instead of it being a, a one company that does all this research and then they have their ideas stolen, it could simply be a, a concept where people are just pouring money into this research house or this university that does the research, and then the idea is available to all who want to uh, to make manufacture it now with the x prize um it I, I can see what you're saying. However, the companies that competed in the X Prize spent significantly more money than they got from the X Prize. They did it essentially. It was a bragging rights situation. They uh, spent you know fifty million dollars in order to win ten, and mm-hmm. many of them spent. It was a very inefficient process in the sense that many companies spent a great deal of money to compete for a ten million dollar prize that was you know significantly less than what they had uh, spent. Well, in my yeah. in my university answer, wouldn't uh, you know Johns Hopkins University want to be the bra- have the bragging rights for the cure to cancer? Why aren't they doing it now? Well, wait, what is Virgin doing with the, uh, the their winnings? I mean, they they've commercialized this, they've started charging a hundred thousand dollars to take people up into space, and they're going to make that money back. They may. 
800-259-9231. We continue here with your thoughts, and we go to Alfonso in Massachusetts. Alfonso, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Hi. Um, I just wanted to talk about roads a little bit. I actually grew up on a private road in all places of Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. and we actually had the road paved, surprisingly. (laughs) When you didn't have uh, to? What's that? You didn't have to have the roads paved, but you did? No, no, no. We had the roads paved. When you say sarcastic, Alfonso, saying that when you uh, say we, who is we? You you can have paved roads with uh, private roads. (laughs) Of course you can. People often say that, uh, you know, they would say to me when I try and argue that, they say, oh, well, there would be anarchy. How do you you solve the problem of who pays? Well, the the problem is who pays, and there are problems with private roads, and they happen all the time, and it depends on how the the road is distributed. If, for instance, it's a dead-end road, and a lot of private roads uh, are, was yours dead-end? It ended in in a parallel road, yeah. So right, not dead end, no. It did not dead end. Um, the the question is, so um, you know, it depends on how it's owned. Is it owned in the way that Ian suggests, where everybody owns a little piece of the road on the yeah, way well, in, or does it is the road owned communally by the homeowners? Right. Um, then you have well, to. Uh, how is you yours owned, Alfonso? Well, ours was owned basically communally. I think I wasn't that interested in it back when I was a kid. Sure. I moved away recently, but. But now you had agreements, and you all managed to uh, to work it yeah, out all exactly. on your own, all voluntarily, managed. and you got it done. I thank you for sharing that. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour three of the program. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls. Then coming up, Mark, you're going to tell us about some pretty scary gun regulations uh, that have been proposed in D.C., First, we go to Bob in New York. Bob, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How hey, are you tonight? What's on your mind, Bob? Okay, i got two questions. I'm just going to put them out there, and then I'm going to hang up, and I'm going to listen to what you guys have to say about it, okay? That'll make a great conversation. <laughs> well, <laughs> We may stop you after the first question, but go ahead. Okay. Um, I guess this is, this is like a rhetorical question. Uh, what do you do with a guy that, t- that pledges an oath to the Constitution, swears to defend it against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and then I find out today on rents, there's an article, Military to Pledge Oath to Obama, Not Constitution. Secretary of Defense Robert Gates is extremely yeah, frustrated. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, before you go on, you cited rents as a source. Yes. And I just don't find him credible. Uh, so where is it really coming from? Is it actually his website that's making these claims, or is it an actual no. news story linked to uh, from somewhere else? Correct. Where, where's Where the actual source? Where, where, it's it's um, conservative news and reporting news for the rest of us. Michael Chang. Um, okay. And you're you're saying that they're going to swear an oath to the president and not to the Constitution? Is that is that right? Well, that's what it, that's what it's saying. And I'm having clicks on my phone. Isn't this fun? I believe that that's already. Isn't it? I'm not a military guy, but haven't we heard before that they've already been swearing an oath to the president and the Constitution? That Whoa. this is kind of something that's been common for quite I a while. I, I don't think so. 
No, I, I I believe I recall hearing that somewhere. Well, I know in Germany they swore an oath to the Fuhrer, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> that's a that's a step that's a, 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 um, you know a step down that road, and you know uh, if if that's the case, I I hope we we will hear something about it within the next year, and. Um, it really doesn't matter how long it takes for us to hear about it because there's nothing we can do about it anyway. Well, what was your question going to be in regards to it? I was just going to ask you, what is to be done when somebody swears an oath to defend the Constitution and then two weeks turns around, if this is true, and, and, and starts acting like a dictator? And starts saying the Constitution doesn't exist. He just well, swore. What, what happened uh, with George Bush? Everybody just went along with it. Well, this is this. That was the question I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, um, what, what happens is everybody, probably most people, will just go along to get along like they've been doing because they don't really seem to. Most Americans don't really seem to pay much heed to constitutional issues. They're too busy paying bills and watching television, dancing with the stars, and right. uh, distracting themselves with things like that. So I would predict virtually nothing will happen. There may be the occasional individual who's paying attention and fed up enough and decides to do something about it. In which case, we recommend that if you love liberty, that you look into the Free State Project. Yes, I, I remember the last time you spoke. All right, here's another thing that I, this guy, I completely forgot about him, and for some odd reason, he popped in my head, and I loved this guy, Jim Trafficking. Oh, I yeah, the, the, he was one of the uh, congressmen that actually kind of spoke at least some truth and ended up getting punished for it, right? He, yeah, what happened was is that he got caught up in something that, that was so ridiculous. They had nothing on him. They could, it just proved how powerful when the government doesn't want to hear something, then they, they, they railroaded him and put him in jail. But I wanted to find out if there's anybody out there that um, perhaps, maybe somewhere down the, down the road, you guys could maybe uh, touch on this again. I'd like to find out, number one, where he is, how you can contact him. So, the poor guy, I don't know how long he's been in jail, but I remember listening to him years ago when he was a congressman. And I tell you that I stopped in my tracks. I couldn't move when he was talking, because he was talking about the IRS. This, he was going after the IRS. He was going after all the corruption. He called it like it was. He called out, didn't he fall, call out the Federal Reserve or something like that? He, he was... called out everybody because he's a sheriff, and he took his oath very, very ser seriously, and he did not bend and bow and kowtow to, the, to, those, to, the, to these guys that were in, you know, in office and stuff. He just spoke truth. Well, power, I don't like, know if he always spoke truth. He was a congressman, so I would uh, suggest <laughs> that a lot of cases he probably didn't. But all that said, you're right. They did go after him, and uh, they did come in and make him pay for uh, for coming out and, and speaking at least some truth. And it's a sad story. As far as how you could get in touch with him, uh, I have no idea. You can probably Google do a it. Google search as easily as I could, dude. Yep. And, well, just put it out there, too, just so we don't forget the poor guy, because I just watched some of his videos. And I, he did do some stuff uh, on the IRS, and he, he brought that up and, and did some pretty good things that nobody else was really willing to do. And, um, All right, Bob. You know, so, Thank you for the call tonight, and good luck uh, digging up that information. 800-259-9231. Once somebody gets lost in the system, if you don't have somebody paying attention who's on the outside keeping track of them, it can be very difficult to dig them up again. I could, I could see how that could be a, quite a task. Yeah. So if you don't have somebody outside of the system who is, is caring about you and paying attention to what happens to you, you just become another lost number, like so many people that are currently rotting away in the various different jails and prisons across this country who barely have anybody uh, that has paid attention to their, to their story and to their plight. And it's, uh, it's truly a tragedy. With the, what is it? 
millions of Americans are behind bars now, two two plus million or something like I that. I can't remember, but it, you know, it's the it's one out the of largest 30. in the world, um, and you know, in, in the world, any other nation. I mean, yeah. d- d- what else do you need to know? They're they're just lost. I mean, the, yes, mom might still care about them and the occasional friend or two, but. Most of these people, they have had their lives just ripped out from underneath them, and most of them did not create real crime. They did not harm anybody. They did not create a victim. Uh, A lot of people are behind bars for peaceful reasons, and a lot of them are political prisoners with virtually no support on the outside. And I think that's something that needs to change. It's something that is changing here in New Hampshire, where people that are fed up with this situation, whatever it is we're talking about, the government becoming more intrusive and oppressive, are coming here to do something about it. And when one of the activists gets put into a, a prison cell, we don't forget about them. And when the government targets uh, one of the activists to try to put them in a prison cell, we don't just stand idly by and shrug our shoulders and say, oh, should have been, should have obeyed the government, should have obeyed their rules. Oh, that's what you get when you break the rules. No, we're actually going to do something about it. In fact, here in New Hampshire, they are coming after uh, Mike Barsky who is one of the activists that works behind the scenes on Free Minds uh, TV. And he is just, uh, he's, he's an all-around great activist. And he was the guy who put together Freedom Fest, which we talked about a few months ago on the program. It was a little kind of festival thing that went on here in Keene where we do the show. Uh, he, he put it together, did a brilliant job, created a website, Keene Freedom, I think it was KeenFreedomFest.com. And uh, really went above and beyond what p- previous Freedom Fests had been. He was the new it organizer was of it. the best. It was the best so far, no doubt about it. Live music, vendors, and everything. That Josh Noon band was there, which I really dig. Yeah, he did a stellar job. And so they're now coming after him for it. They're trying to... Um, they served him with papers just the other day, as they had served myself and uh, Toby from Free Minds TV with similar papers. Then they dropped the charges on us because they, I guess they got a taste of the fact that uh, there was going to be some activism around this and that we were media personalities. And maybe they figured they could go after somebody else instead. And I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe they think if they just go after Mike Barsky that there's not going to be as much fallout for them. But I, I would like to assure any of the government people that are listening that we will be paying as much attention to to Mike Barsky's uh, situation as we will we would have paid attention to mine or to Toby's uh, from Free Minds TV so don't think that just because you're targeting somebody who doesn't have their own television show uh, doesn't mean that you're going to be just having an easy time destroying this man's life I plan to certainly be taking a look <laughs> so uh, so that's why things are going to be different here, because the people that have the have it active in their consciousness that something needs to change, that we need to move toward a more voluntary society, a consent based society. They're all coming to the same place. They're all coming here to New Hampshire. And to deny that something is going to change is really, I think, ignoring reality. When you get enough people together that have similar intentions, it's bound. Something is bound to change. At the Andrew Carroll protest, I mean, there were 40, 45 people there. Uh, the the, the marijuana protest where he held a piece of marijuana out in his hand? Correct. Yeah. And two police officers showed up to arrest him. What if it was 20, 30, 40, all 40 people there holding cannabis? What what would two police officers do with that, especially if the crowd is two or 300? They and couldn't it, do anything. It's going to get there. It, it's already, the numbers continue to grow. More people continue showing up to the state. And uh, pretty soon, it's going to overwhelm the government, and they are going to have no clue what to do with these crazy free staters. Well, you know, all they really have to do is just choose to do the right thing. And then then it's all over and done with. Then we don't have any problems anymore. So it's up to them. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Oh, by the way, uh, the Free State Project is one of the sponsors of this program. We were just talking about them a few moments ago, and they are also sponsoring the upcoming 2009 Liberty Forum. It is the biggest and best liberty convention you will attend all year long, at least until the next Liberty Forum in 2010. You can go and get registered at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Uh, Get signed up. Use our discount code to save yourself 10%. The uh, code is 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. There's going to be a lot to do. We're going to be there broadcasting live. Uh, uh, I guess we were talking with the organizer, Chris, and we have confirmed that we're going to be there starting Thursday night. So the festivities really start in earnest, or the, the, the convention really starts in earnest on Friday, but there's... I guess there's a state house tour, I think, that's going on on Thursday, and there's something else. Maybe it's a gun shoot. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But there are a few different activities kind of going on during the day, Thursday, and then there's, uh, I, I think there is some sort of meet and greet or nighttime shindig going on Thursday night. We'll be there in the hotel as of Thursday evening, so if you're getting there on Thursday, we'll be able to say hi to you then, and it's going to be an all-weekend-long affair. We'll be there all weekend, Friday, That's probably Saturday. the best time to uh, talk to us is on Thursday evening. There'll be fewer people around. Um, you know, That's so, a good point, yeah. yeah. So we will be there, and we're hoping to see you there as well, but it's not you don't want to come there to just to meet Free Talk Live because <laughs> there are some big names uh, that are going to be attending this. Uh, I always like to lead with Glenn Jacobs because, well, he's the biggest man I've ever met. Uh, and you might know him as WWE's Kane. He's going to be there speaking. He was actually attending last year. This year he will be not only attending, but also uh, in a speaking role. Dr. Mary Ruart from Healing Our World. David Berglund, the former Libertarian president, a Libertarian Party presidential candidate and author of the excellent book, Libertarianism in One Lesson. He'll be there. Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com. Our very own Will Buchanan from The Walk for Liberty. I say our very own in that Will is a Free State Project member. Actually, Glenn Jacobs is also a Free State Project member. Now, whether Mary Ruart is, I don't. And what else? He's sort of sort of a mover. He owns a house here. He, that's correct. Uh, well, he's he's kind of a busy man, you know, with the World Wrestling Entertainment traveling around the world. But yes, he does have a house. Dr. Mary Ruart. Don't know if she's a free stater yet, but we'll have to ask her about that if we get her on the show. And you'll uh, you can expect to hear a number of these people on the air with Free Talk Live. So if you can't make it out to the Liberty Forum, uh, it'll be nonstop coverage here on this program. So looking forward to seeing you there. FreeStateProject.org/LibertyForum is the place to go. And you know what I I would love to see is to see some of these government people come out to the Liberty Forum. People like uh, Prosecutor uh, Sergeant Rivera here in Keene, which I'm actually told by you, Sam, that he's apparently going to no longer be the prosecutor soon. Uh, but I would love to see some of these government people that are initiating these aggression, uh, these aggressive acts against some of these liberty activists come out and see exactly what it is they're dealing with. Because I don't believe that the uh, government folk really have quite a grasp, even close to a grasp, on what it is they're dealing with yet. I think that a lot of them believe that, like, at least out here in Keene, where, where we live, that this is a movement started by Ian Freeman from Free Talk Live. And if they, mm-hmm. just, if they just take care of me and throw me in a prison cell, that'll put a stop to it all. And I, I don't think that they really get it. They, they really have no idea. They, they're responding in the way that they always have, and they don't really understand that um, just telling us, you know, go out and change the laws. Use the system that's broken, the, the process that you think is not functioning to, to fix it. 
And uh, yeah, I, I I like the idea of inviting these guys out. I think we should have a uh, some kind of scholarship to to get them to attend and maybe save a bureaucrat foundation. <laughs> save a bureaucrat. I love <laughs> Send that them to idea. To the Liberty Forum. <laughs> well, it's something something to kind of immerse them at least into the experience of this Liberty Activist group that is the Free State Project. I mean, for those that don't know, the Free State Project is an organization that is uh, dedicated to getting as many liberty loving people to move to New Hampshire and get active as possible. And one of the things that just flummoxes the statists out there, these government guys. Fred Parcells uh, would be one example, and I like Fred. He's a nice guy, uh, but he seems confused by the what he consider what he would term the lack of leadership in the organization. So Fred has looked at uh, as as somebody who spent his entire um, adult career, from what I can tell, working for government, working in this governmental centralized command and control kind of structure in this in this realm uh, that he's so familiar with. He's looking for that same structure in the free state movement. And the liberty activist movement, and he's not seeing it anywhere, and it's confusing to him because he believes that that's what's necessary for things to be. Uh, it won't work otherwise. To Ian. exist, he wants. Uh, like he's he's mentioned to me several times, and I would like, you know, to some extent, I would like to do what he has suggested, which is to to whip these free staters into shape, and uh, get, you know, get them uh, doing the things that I suggest, which likely would be more of a political angle than uh, than uh, you know, burning flags and throwing. There snowballs are plenty and, of free staters that are doing. Politics. I'm not right. sure what you're talking. You not mean uh, outside Keen. of Keene, right? Well, th- those would be the only ones that Fred's concerned. Because that's with. Fred's world, right? He doesn't. Th- he thinks that a bunch of free, uh, all the free staters are, are anarchists and are well, out he's completely seeing outside otherwise. the system. He, he does not think that. He's seeing otherwise. But um, you didn't know, he want your show taken off the air? Well, he's, <laughs> he's come around that much. <laughs> That's true. In, People in, change. in another three years, he's starting to understand. In he another really three, three years, he'll be out there with you guys burning flags and stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. And uh, but but all that said, it, it is confusing to these status types when they first look at this movement because it doesn't resemble their world at all. And so they think that they can target us with the same old tactics. They think that there are certain people that are leaders uh, in this movement, and it's just not the case. If anything, what we need are just more leaders. Uh, we need more people to get out there and start something and start doing things, and uh, that will really need, confuse them. We need trailblazers, people that can yeah. come out and, and find some some way to, to have a really big impact and teach others to do the same. And I think there are a lot of people who – really want to help they just don't know how what they can do what the process is and trying to figure it out is just too big for them so if we can get people up here who can figure out a path to the grand jury or how to um i don't know change politics i'm sure that's possible somehow right mark all you have to do is get elected well and and we're starting to see that as more people move here to new hampshire as part of the free state project um more of those trail blazers are stepping up and they are going ahead and they're they're initiating uh, ideas. They're per, perhaps they had an idea in their head that they'd always wanted to do where they live, but they didn't have any other activists that could get behind them on it, and they needed more people for the idea. They can take that idea and they can make it a reality here. So whether it's in the political realm with an organization like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which does just a brilliant job uh, in the political realm of looking at all the legislation, grading it, whether it's liberty oriented or not, giving recommendations as far as how to vote liberty oriented to all the various different representatives and so much more and i just barely touched on some of the things that they're doing they're training people to run for office and things like that the new hampshire liberty alliance would never have been possible down in florida because there just weren't enough activists they, just they, enough they go through and they read every bill don't they every, yeah, every single, single bill who, that's name introduced who can who has time to do that well t- tell me a state where that is being done at all i, I, they I just needed at least I just 100 volunteers imagine. 
They and needed it, at least 100 people to do that job, and they have it, and they're getting more people I'm one all of the time. I, have, right. I personally handle an entire committee, and, you know, it, it, different people can commit different levels of uh, activism, and, you know, that's, that's what I've chosen to commit. And we're beginning to see more people step out into the realm of civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and, and with each new person that says, no, I will not cooperate with you, more are inspired to do the same. And over time, they are, government people are going to realize that they can put Lauren Canario in jail, and they could put Russell Canning in jail, two of, two of the more non-cooperative activists up here, but it doesn't stop the non-cooperation. It only encourages more of it. So hopefully they'll learn their lessons eventually, and they'll start doing, as I suggested before, the right thing and leaving peaceful people alone. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the updates. You get signed up, we keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone call, we go to Bill in Kentucky. Bill, you are on Free Talk Live. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I've got a two-part question, for, or a point to make, and then a question okay, uh, sure. that goes with it. Um, I want to give you credit, in for making a point uh, last week in a show about government jobs and why you know people who uh, are considering moving to New Hampshire, uh, you know, that's what they can do as their part, is take these government jobs where... They can kind of be behind the scenes, and it's better to have them in place than it is to have somebody that has the, you know, the state or the bureaucrat mentality. Well, I reluctantly uh, say that, but I, I, de- I do generally agree with that sentiment. Well, it's it's certainly a compromise that's going to have to be made over time. You know, it's it's do you want the guy who advocates freedom, uh, or do you want the guy that advocates, you know, everybody shut up and get in their place? Yeah, and and the and fact that, is. Uh, but, there are people out there who are just simply not willing to let go of government and leave it completely, or that's just too big and scary of a proposition for them. And then for somebody that's coming from that place, I, I'm happy with them uh, being in the in a bureaucratic position. Fair yep. enough. Fair enough. But my question to you is, uh, as it concerns, especially as it concerns the government jobs, is um, – you guys rode with uh, the police officer, Shane, in his car, and he said, you know, his worry more than anything else was uh, the free market, you know, didn't have a, uh, a viable substitute for him with his time and experience. You know, what are you going to do, you know, in the event as things are becoming more and more successful, what are you looking at for all these people that are in these government jobs? All of a sudden, um, bam, you know. Uh, yeah, so Shane. Holders- Shane was really concerned that, um, hey, if I if I leave my job in policing, there is no market alternative uh, out there in existence today. And clearly, whoever starts the first one, chances are the government's going to go after them because they're competing with the monopoly and they like their monopoly power. So his concern is really one of how do we get from here to there? 
Is that what you're at? Kind of your your point? Well, I understand. I understand that there are going to be some market alternatives, but but you know, for example, um, you take a hundred police officers in a in a town or a city, just as an example, and those hundred police officers, bam, all of a sudden they don't have a job. Well, let's say fifty of them get hired to do private security, you know, uh, which would be a market alternative. The other fifty are out of a job because there's no need for them. Nobody wants them. Nobody needs them. You know, I'm not saying I want it to stay the way it is. I certainly don't. But well, so here's the thing. Would you what, – what about – what would those people be doing otherwise if they weren't in policing? The fact is if the market only needs 50 police officers, then it only needs 50 police officers. Those extra 50 are being paid by threatening to take people's houses away from them. And who's to, who's to say – what they're going to go out in the world and create once those jobs as once those hundred police jobs reduce down to fifty, what kind of innovations or uh, uh, produce or products or goods or services are people missing out on because they're being paid in a you know through this government system, which is an unnatural force on the marketplace? Oh yes, it's the, absolutely. It's well, the same the question. Like, the question you have to ask yourself is: What happened to the blacksmiths? Um, the the along came the market force of automobiles, and it put the blacksmiths and the farriers um, out of business. Essentially, not all of them. There's still some blacksmiths. There's still some farriers, but some people had to get out of the blacksmithing and farrying businesses business essentially because it wasn't paying the bills like it did 30 years ago. So I don't know what they did. But they went on and got other jobs. They went on to create vacuum tubes, which they now <laughs> which don't make now been put, taken right. out of the marketplace. So, so yeah, this is I mean, the same each situation. Each one of these guys, uh, each one of these cops, and and the fact is, you know, when you're dealing with police officers, a lot of them are, are you know, gonna the kind of guy that's gonna, you know, buck up and do what it takes to feed his family. I mean, that's the that's the kind of attitude um, that they have, and they're gonna do what it takes. A lot of them have other hobbies. They could very easily. I turn knew a cop that uh, decided that he didn't he didn't like walking up to uh, cars anymore, um, and you know, in bad neighborhoods and having to deal with people. So he went on and became a UPS man. The cops will be U- UPS or, men. How's or, that? Or repair cars. I mean, it's the same question you would ask about, well, what about oh. the 30,000 employees of Circuit City? Where are they going to go? What are they going to do? And it's not necessarily going to be an all-of-a-sudden kind of thing as you had suggested it was going to be. Okay, there's uh, the key word right there. That's what I'm looking for. It has to be a, it has to be as, uh, as slow a transition as possible, or it's going to have repercussions. Take slavery, for example. Well, now, hold on. and Now, hold on. I don't know if it has to be as slow as possible. I, I think that what, we're, what you might see happen is hopefully some sort of alternative policing uh, structure could spring up, and we would have a transition period to where you could have uh, basically the government uh, – let's say the political thing works, and the, the uh, political free staters get involved and, and – and they manage to somehow change the system to the point where uh, competition is allowed, the competitors spring up, and then the political guys say, okay, that's it, uh, six months from now, we're going to disband the police department. Oh, sure, there you go off into fantasy land, Ian. I, I'm, not saying it, <laughs> if that's, I'm not saying it's going to be that way, but I'm, my point is it's not necessarily going to be that tomorrow morning the cops wake up and find out they don't have their jobs. Right. Odds are good they're going to have some sort of level of notice that, yes, you are going to lose your job on this date, so you have this amount of time, in which to go and figure something else out. And I'm sure they'll get a nice severance package as well, being uh, government positions. Any other thoughts, Bill? Have we addressed that? Uh, no, just I wanted to just uh, 
you know, give you props again for, you know, kind of throwing that compromise out there saying, hey, if if nothing else, come up here and take these government jobs and at least we'll have people in place that are, you know, more freedom-minded than people that aren't freedom-minded. You know, that's, that's at least a start. So You know, yeah, I really wouldn't have as much of a problem with the state if it wasn't going around imprisoning my friends or imprisoning uh, peaceful people that aren't necessarily my friends, but peace, people who have not harmed others. If if all they were doing was just being inefficient as far as fixing roads and things like that, I mean, I'd still want to increase the efficiency and I'd still want to marketize everything, but I wouldn't be as motivated if they weren't hurting people. Thanks for the call tonight. I really appreciate it. If they were just, again, getting back to them doing the right thing, and if the cops all of a sudden only started going after rapists and murderers and arsonists and people that destroy property and, and hurt others, it'd be hard for me to really give much of a damn about uh, that process. Yeah, absolutely true. If they were only uh, you know, going after people that harmed other people, uh, the, the, it wouldn't make any sense to get on the radio and talk like we do. No doubt about it. So if you're in the government and you're concerned about uh, you know, what we do on the air, stop hurting people that haven't hurt anyone else. Problem solved. You'll make us irrelevant. You will brush us to the side. We will be footnotes in history. Like I said, like uh, Luddites. Well, there are the, there's a situation here in Keene where one of the judges has declared that everyone must stand in his courtroom. Because there's a problem, He, from his perspective, there's a problem with activists that have been coming in and have stayed seated when they say, all rise, when the judge comes in. It's very obviously very upsetting to him. And I made the suggestion that, well... You know, if you don't want this to happen anymore, all you have to do is just stop hearing cases that don't involve uh, that that don't involve a victim. Of course, you went to jail for ninety three days for saying that. No, it wasn't necessarily. Well, that might have been a factor. It was uh, a big, big, big factor. But but my, but my point still stands, and that would be that if this judge was only hearing cases that involved a victim, the activist would have no reason to even be in his courtroom in the first place. So they're bringing it all upon themselves. It's all about what they are choosing to do. I know, I understand they're upset that we've chosen to come here and get active here, but hey, had to be tough, somewhere. You know, tough cookies, guys. We're here and we're our, our ranks are growing. And right. If you didn't have some silly democratic system where people could just walk in and vote, I mean, you wanted you wanted the voice of the people being heard, right? Well, here the people are here, and they're sick of your crap. And they didn't just decide to wear black dresses for no reason at all. Well, you actually tried to wear some black dresses to go into that courtroom, and they wouldn't let us in. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and now they are preparing to put more of our friends on trial, and so they're only setting themselves up for more disobedience and more non-cooperation and more embarrassment for their system. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Only a moment's remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and get this program on more radio stations around the country. Bring more Internet listeners on board and help expose new people to the ideas of freedom. If that sounds valuable to you and you'd like to get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, go and get on board at amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card, PayPal, or some of, all, uh, some of our alternate options all over at amp.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Jake in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. 
Jake? Good evening, gentlemen. What's on your mind uh, tonight? The government is not your friend. No kidding. Uh, listen, that's, I, would uh, think that, I would say that's a theme of Free Talk Live, but yes, <laughs> it's very good. Go ahead, mm-hmm. sir. Well, that's my theme, and I say it every time I, I uh, come on your program because I don't think you can repeat that often enough. You're probably right about uh, that. I mean, repetition so, is an important part of uh, propaganda, so it's very important. The repetition is very good, sir. Uh, so I'm, I'm planning on uh, – I have an idea of expanding the, uh, the federal government. I want your guys' uh, input <laughs> on this, uh, see what you think of yeah, it. Yeah, please, run it by me. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I want to create a department of government corruption, and uh, what this this department will be totally involved in seeking out government corruption. But here here's here's the catch. Here's the edge on this thing. These people will get a commission for every government official that they find and and catch and can prosecute uh, to the full extent of law. Uh, for government corruption, like uh, like Blow Jay in my state here in Illinois. Where does that yeah. money come from to pay the commission? Uh, donations, <laughs> voluntary donations. <laughs> i got to watch what I say here. You're all libertarians. So, yeah, so, voluntary donations. So this would be a government agency? Yeah, you know, that to some extent you've got uh, what the uh, GA, government accounting office, GAO. Yes. Um, you know, so they do that a little bit. I, I'm not against this. If we're going to have government and it's not going away, and I, I assume you're talking on a federal level as opposed to, to anything else, um, I, I, I'm not opposed to it. I'm for it. I, I think the problem you're going to run into is that the people that want to ensure they stay safe are just going to donate more than you. So they're going to donate to make sure that the government uh, investigative office does not investigate them. Yeah, and this really already exists today, and it's uh, the process that citi- any citizen can use the grand jury to go after public officials and bring them up on criminal charges. Now, they've made that very difficult to do, but uh, the possibilities are there, certainly. Jay, I've got I... another angle here. Y- yes, sir, go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, Mark, uh, uh, now... Uh, you can't have a gun, according to federal law. That's correct. Uh, why can't your wife have a gun? Well, the, the, this is this is uh, one of the ways that uh, the government, you know, they just they pass laws that have unintended consequences and they hurt people. My wife can have a gun. However, that gun I cannot have active possession of that gun, which means that if uh, I can't be in the same room with the weapon, I couldn't. Unless be- it's locked up, right? Well, it, yeah, if if the weapon was locked up, it would have to have a trigger guard or be in a uh, locked drawer or something like that. Then I could be in the same room. I could be in the same room if she was between me and the le- weapon and it wasn't locked up. But if um, we were in the same room and I happened to, for whatever reason, walk closer to the weapon than she happened to be, then I'd be in active possession. Um, what if she puts the key down somewhere else? It, active possession is a one-step process, not a two-step process. So even if the key is on top of the, the drawer where the gun is? Correct. Then I do not have active possession. Interesting. That sounds very complicated. Yes, it, it is. It's absolutely complicated. Well, it's absurd. The whole thing is absurd. Look, yes. you, you spent your time. You, you, you know, you, you, you served the time. You paid the price. There's no reason why you shouldn't have a weapon to protect your, yourself and your family. Absolutely true. And yes, the fact but you're is, using the, logic, sir. The laws um, that they've, they've passed really only keep conv- ex-convicts like me, ones that want to stay out of jail and, uh, you know, be, you know, fly right. They only, those, those only affect 
me. Yep. The, the convicts out there that uh, don't care about that stuff, they're getting guns. They're buying them out of newspaper. They're buying them uh, you know, from drug dealers or wherever, back alleys. I don't know how they buy, get a hold of the weapons. But they're buying them in whatever manner they want, and they're possessing them. They don't care about the law because they're the bad ex-cons. So this is a, a law that only disarms good ex-convicts, ones that are trying to, do, to you know, take care of their families and fly right. It's pretty See, sad. This is why we don't, do not need the federal government we nope. don't need the federal government in our lives uh, passing these stupid, idiotic laws. Well, now, this is also a state law thing, isn't it? Or is it, are the states doing this at the behest of the feds? It's the uh, behest of the feds. Really? Is that true? Mark, yeah, do you know that? The, 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 yes, it's a federal law. Okay. Yes, it is a federal law. I Many of the states that. have similar laws. In New Hampshire, we have one of the most restrictive laws in the nation regarding... Uh, you can't even have a crossbow or whatever, right? I, you could have a crossbow if you could prove that you used it uh, and, as you know, a hunting device I see. or a target practi- practicing device. But that was only recently ruled on hmm. uh, by a judge in, in the state. And, you know, I, they, you can't have a deadly weapon. But if you have a something that is a deadly weapon and it was used for... Something uh, primarily other than home protection. I can't have a primarily home protection device, including like tasers and stuff. Thank you, Jake, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Yes, Yes, sir. Go ahead. I have some for you. Okay. I have some for you, Ian, because I know uh, you are concerned about your grammar uh, because because you're a professional uh, broadcaster. So I have something that will put you head and shoulders above everyone else. Okay, please. Okay. Um, everyone else says the reason is because, okay, the correct way to say that, uh, the standard English version is the reason is that now everyone else in in the broadcast media says the reason is because, which is colloquial. All right. Mm -hmm. If you, if you, if you started saying the reason is that you'd be one step ahead of everyone else because no one else says that. And it's the correct form. So the reason is that... Very good, sir. I appreciate that. I I guess uh, I probably will need reminding on that because normally I don't absorb them immediately. This one irks me, and I don't ever tell anyone this because, A, I'm in the the minority on it, but it's it's often as opposed to often. often. Yes. You don't soften your clothes. You, therefore, don't do things in an often manner. You can do things oft, but you don't do them often. It's often. it's often. I'm sorry. It's yeah. French. We oui? got it. Hey, thanks, Jake, for the call. Always appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. You're welcome to dial in here, sneak in your thoughts. Even in these remaining moments, hey, let's get to a little bit of hate mail here. This one from uh, Bella Truth. They don't get uh, anti-Free Talk Live emails very often, so we'll share them with you. Regarding your show recently on the 24th, I'm not surprised that you both tend to sound like atheists, which neither of us, actually none of us in this room are atheists. Uh, she or he says, it really shows when many of the points you make, especially one of you, are often spoken out of both sides of your mouth. Now, I'm not really sure which one of you this person is referring to in this email, so you try to figure it out. One of you has a little more sense than the other, however. That's me. (laughs) I have to give kudos to the one of you who takes on the tedious job of correcting the other when he becomes childishly angry. That's me. Cuts off the... You get angry on this show a lot. (laughs) Shut up. Cuts off the collar and starts a verbal, on-air, across-the-board assault on callers whose points he doesn't comprehend or agree with. If it weren't for you, the one with a little more sense, I don't know your name, this show would border on torture without apology for the callers. On the bright side, that leaves a lot of room for you two to improve on your listening skills and your manners. But this only works if it actually becomes one of your goals. And I'd like to point out that, uh, you know, 
I'm not the best at listening, but I do make an active effort to listen. You'll hear it when I recap what people are saying uh, on the air. If somebody goes through a spiel and I, tr- I put it into my own words. Often people will say that you're not listening if you don't agree. That's really what this is coming from, Mark. I'm pointing out that we make an effort on this show to actually listen to the callers. We don't just uh, throw them away like tissues and let them you know, get ten words out and then talk right, right. over top of See, them. See, this is, this is where the confusion comes in. If it's, if it's some other... You, you have to judge Free Talk Live not based on you know how successful you were at convincing us of your uh, of your your, your, your little pl- project that you're calling in about because likely you're not we're pretty ideological and uh, we're not going to be moved but compare it to other radio shows and how much time you get to talk to tens of thousands in some case hundreds of thousands of individuals on that on our show versus some other show we're going to keep you on a lot longer now Maybe you won't get to give a symposium, and maybe, you know, at some point we're going to st- step down and say, whoa, 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 what you're saying is either A, not true, or I have a question. So, you know, th- th- these these are the things that can often confuse people that think that they can call in, give a symposium, have us, uh, you know, pat them on the back and tell them they're great, and then off they go. No, no, not that show. This individual actually ends up complaining because we cut somebody off who used the F word, but we'll have to get to the remainder of this hate email tomorrow night, because, yes... <laughs> It did come from somebody, Mark, who disagrees with us, as you might, as you guessed. I, I sent him something back and never got a response. Oh, really? Yeah, I sent That's him a nice little, nice little letter, and he didn't, didn't, didn't respond. All right, it's been Ian here with you, and Sam, I am, and Mark. We are back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com, and join Sam on his website, obscuredtruth.com. We'll see you tomorrow again at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.